Alright, um, start the process of transferring tape number 5 for Saturday, June 8th, year 2014. Awful show. Yeah, I noticed now. I noticed now on the on the schedule. It's now with the Patricia's awful shows. It is. I, oh, good. Yes, okay. I I I thought we wasn't too sure if the boss was listening, so that's why we call it Patricia's uh, pick of the week. Figuring yeah. we could get away and with that. It's, it's it's a homonym, so sure. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless you actually see the word and but, the spelling, and and you're really quick because your eyes slide right over these but things. The boss, the boss knew what we were doing, so, so, uh, you know, so I guess I didn't, didn't need to use camouflage. It, it was uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because it really is fun. I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only one having fun. And if I am, I'll just go ahead and enjoy it. <laughs> just keep on going. And I found some new ones to add to the collection. Which is getting so fat, I have to put it on DVDs. Oh my goodness! Oh my yes! Oh my yes! So how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just staying really busy and gearing up for the uh, the anniversary, right? I'm I'm gearing up for the you know 150th reenactment, you know, the Battle of Corden. So, uh, are, are all the family invited to come up and join the festivity with you? All the family is invited to come up on the weekend of the 12th, 13th, and 14th of July. Uh, I'm picking up a, an exhibit from uh, uh, the Fraser Museum probably on Wednesday. Um, I've got some trips to make and here in the next week and getting ready for that. Uh, so, how many people can we have stay at your house? My house, a three-bedroom house. He's getting pushy, isn't he? So, <laughs> well, we, we got a big family. I just want to let... You know, you're like a little kid in the schoolyard, and you punch somebody just with your finger, you know, and then and then you go, punch, and then you use two fingers. <laughs> you're a brat. Um, Dan, before, before we talk a little bit further, would you tell people what you are talking about in terms of the reenactment? Sure, yes. The... Um, Corden, Indiana, on July 9, 1863, was invaded by General John Hunt Morgan, who was Confederate general. He came up out of Kentucky with his uh, troop of 2,500 men, and uh, we had a little battle south of Corden, which is approximately mm, 15 miles north of the Ohio River. Um, the Confederates rode into town, and we negotiated with them to not burn the town because he was making headlines. He was, you know, the fir one of the first Confederate generals to come this far north. Um, and we had a little skirmish. Uh, this happened uh, three, uh, six days after Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg in Pennsylvania. So. We didn't make the headlines as much as we would have normally. And uh, every year we have a, a reenactment, a, a mock battle to um, commemorate the Battle of Corden. And with this being the 150th uh, anniversary of the, of the Civil War battles, and especially this one, we are doing special uh, 
things to commemorate the Battle of Cordon. And uh, starting hopefully by next weekend, we will have a, an exhibit in downtown Cordon showing uh, what happened uh, here in the area. And uh, then on the Friday night, July 12th, we will have a Civil War uh, um, Civil War baseball game here at the fairgrounds. And then on uh, Saturday and Sunday, we will have uh, the reenactments here. We will have mock battles here, complete with cat, uh, cannons and Gatling guns and, and uh, reenactors shooting at each other with uh, period uh, guns and and we will just uh, well, leave men on horseback. There will be a raid of downtown Corden, just as it happened, or, you know, somewhat like it happened back in uh, on July 9th, 1863. And uh, just have a good old time. It's really educational. You guys have insurance policies in case anybody shoots each other with all the bullets? Do I now? You have insurance policies just in case they're shooting each other with all these bullets and cannons and everything? We sure do. We okay. have we have insurance that covers everything. We have um, the whole event taped off where people can and cannot go. Uh -huh. um, we have it coordinated as much as possible. I mean, it is coordinated. We the, the men on horseback know what they're doing. The men out in the field they they're given uh, explicit um, instructions on what to do, and uh, it's a we. No, I, I hate to say it, but we have never had any uh, spectators uh, injured, and we uh, oh, yeah, that's more keeping that. Jesus, yep. we, if I remember last year, last year you couldn't have it, right? It was too hot or it rained or something, right? Uh, last year it was too hot yeah. because it was 105 that afternoon, and we, uh, we canceled it due to the heat. Uh, we have EMS on standby. We have the fire department on standby. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have the sheriff's department on standby. Um, so we, we do, we try all of the steps possible to keep it a very safe activity. We will have the Boy Scouts parking cars at the, uh, at the event. We will have, uh, refreshments, the local Boy Scout troop will be selling, um, refreshments and, and food and, um. It's just nice to come back and kind of sit back and see how a Civil War battle took place. Uh, we will have a living history out at our cabin at the battle site. Um, they will be fixing lemonade and period refreshments and passing out cookies. We uh, have had quilting bees in the past out there. That's the plan for this year. Um, You'll be able to step into a, a authentic 1860 cabin and see how people lived back then. So it's just a, a big weekend. As I tell people, we basically have Woodstock come in and people, you know, living in tents and and uh, you know, it, we feed them, we feed the reenactors, you know, for their uh, for them coming and. They, they do all this for free for the most part. The, you know, men who and women who, you know, do these reenactments, they go to different locations and they put on these mock 
paddles, and uh, they, um, yeah, it's amazing. It's so they 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 invest money in costumes and equipment, you know, guns and and all the, uh, you know, all the fixtures, and and it's just amazing um, how they enjoy going out and doing this, and we appreciate them coming, and uh, we just ask them to register. They can go on our website and register, and uh, and then we uh, we feed them two meals. We feed them a chicken dinner on Saturday night, and then we fix them uh, breakfast Sunday morning. So. Now, this sounds like a winner <laughs> to me. Now, Dan, you just raised a question for me when you said they can register. They huh? provide their own uniforms and their equipment. Who coordinates the the opposing armies on the confrontation day. We have a we have a fellow who is in charge of the uh, whole um, reenactment. I mean, we have someone who's in charge of the whole uh, battle and the reenactment, mm -hmm. and then he uh, manages the uh, Union forces, and then he uh, chooses a, uh, a someone who is the. Uh, the boss of the Confederates, and you know we we have basically you know two people in charge of the uh, uh, of the Union and the Confederate forces, and and they go through have meetings at 10 a.m. before the raid on downtown Cordon. They meet, and of course they have meetings before that, but it's all choreographed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm but, thinking. Go ahead. Go ahead, Patricia. I'm, I'm thinking that it must be an extraordinarily difficult thing to do when you've got people coming in from all over the country who are um, seasoned in different areas, but now they have to come together and form single units, and some of them have never even met each other. That's true. I'm amazed at how well it works, but uh, they... I guess once you do these reenactments, you kind of get the feel for what's expected. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much, you know, if you're told to do something, you do it. And uh, yeah, we, we've had some people who, we've had some rogue people who, you know, say, oh, well, we want, you know, the Confederate side to win. Well, you know, it's a reenactment and the Confederates didn't win. So this I'm is not the old man in the street. That way, you can't you need, rewrite it. You know, yeah. Um, Dan, as you said, I'm looking at the expense of feeding. How many reenactors you think do you have? A hundred, a hundred fifty, two hundred. Any idea what's an average year? With this being the uh, 150th uh, anniversary, at the 125th we had 211 reenactors. But we kind of figuring, you know, around 200, if not more. So, so think about it. You're gonna have we. It's the cost of 400 meals, and other costs. How do you guys? Do you have annual fundraisers? How do you guys cover the expense? Or do you do people? Do people make donations to watch the reenactment? How you how you guys we try to underwrite it? We we get uh, we uh, ask for uh, donations here locally mm -hmm. of, uh, from uh, different restaurants. We'll have biscuits and gravy for a meal on Saturday. Or we'll have a biscuits and gravy for 
our Sunday morning meal with, uh, we'll have fresh fruit and coffee and juice and, um, and then Sunday night. I think night we ought to come now. Do what now? Walden, <laughs> I, I think we ought to be there now. I think this Patricia... is all sounding very, I'm hungry. Uh, Patricia loves breakfast. We start about 7 in the morning for the, you know, it's not earlier, and then we um, we serve breakfast at 8 in the morning. And usually there is a chaplain who comes, and uh, he'll have Sunday morning service under a tent mm-hmm. out in, in the park. And, you know, it'll be a nice, cool, hopefully it'll be a cool morning. And it's real nice, you know, to have a minister, you know, you having Sunday service right there. Um, so you tell me that the food or the meals are donated by the local restaurants in town? Yes, right. Wow. So and we we do ask for a $5 registration fee. Uh-huh. But that also, you know, we provide wood and water. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people will have a campfire out there, too. We provide uh, hay and straw for the horses. And what, how about the people who are in just in the audience? Do they make a donation? They can if they wish. Uh-huh. We we do we do uh, charge for parking out there. We charge five dollars for the parking. But um, you know, this what? is a very economical, full event for people. I mean, you you can show up with pocket change and have a wonderful time. Mhm. Yeah. You know, we we try to keep it a we try just to break even with our expenses, and then for the uh, ba- for this year we're having the uh, the new uh, baseball game, and we'll have two uh, teams that portray baseball teams from the 1860s. Um, we're charging two dollars for parking at the fairgrounds, and if you walk in at the fairgrounds, it, it will just cost you a dollar. This is really neat. So, so uh, I, I imagine the, the supplies, everything, they're probably put on loan by the different museums around town, right? So the cost is minimal for that, I'm assuming, just transportation costs and the, and the display would be the bigger part, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we actually have shuttles. We have all of this at three different areas of town. Um, we'll have... Uh, shuttle buses that will run between the three different venue points. Uh, the raid downtown will happen at noon on Saturday, and then we'll have a, at the battle site uh, south of Cordon, that's where our little park is. We'll have the cabin there with the uh, living history event going on. That's where they'll serve cookies at the cabin with the uh, quilting bee, and they'll be that's where You'll see how families lived during the 1860s. Then out at Hayeswood Park, which is west of town, oh, it's just uh, about two miles west of town. Uh, that's where the actual battle will be. It's a larger park, and that's where we will have the, uh, the actual battles going on. Uh, Saturday it will be at 4 o'clock, and Sunday it will be at 2 o'clock. We try to wrap everything up about uh, by 4 o'clock on Sunday so people can get back where they, you know, to travel home. Just remarkable. This, this really is a remarkable, um, I don't know what to call it. Undertaking, it's, yeah. It's, it's, an undertaking. it's just huge, and I, 
I love the living history part of it. It's just so special. You can read about things. You can hear about things. But there's nothing that replaces actually being in a period. That, it, it's just superb. Do you have enough hotel rooms or motels? How do you guys take care of everybody for, if they're going to stay overnight or something? Dan, there enough accommodation in town or... Uh, how we have, uh, gosh, I haven't counted lately. We have about five different hotels. We have a Comfort Inn. We have a we have a um, Super Eight. We have Baymont. We have a Hampton Inn, and then we have a couple bed and breakfasts here. Um, we actually have a place called the Kip near House, and that is where uh, it's a the actual the first Kip House burned after John Hunt Morgan stayed there during the uh, Civil War. But uh, they built one across the street. And uh, you can stay at the actual bed and breakfast there, if you wish. Um, I think they have about 20 rooms there. Wow. You know, with period, you know, uh, bed, bed mm -hmm. furniture and all. So it's really a nice place there. Their number is 738-812-738-2020. There you go. <laughs> I get pickles and you get a free night. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, we're staying at Dan's place. So, the family, uh, you can email Dan and he'll put them up at your place at free, at no extra charge. Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate I have your address, Dan. <laughs> Be very you know, cautious. You, you have, I got a nice little package in the mail this week, yes. So, uh,. Oh, and I should mention, you know, we will have that Civil War exhibit up uh, for about a month uh, prior to the uh, the reenactment on July, the weekend of uh, July 12th through the 14th. And uh, I'll be spending some days down manning the exhibit. It will be coming from the Fraser Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, plus we're adding some, uh, some uh, local items to the exhibit. In fact, uh, Will Bird told me they're, we're, we're looking at getting some maps uh, showing the Battle of Corden. So it's all coming together. It's all coming together pretty well. So Good job. Yep, I'm excited. Found out a website for people to visit? You know, I, let me, I'm going to Google that here, so let me just, that here I get it confused because I don't go to that it's like your home telephone you don't visit you like yourself get, very often yeah but I don't want to tell you wrong and have people go to the wrong site so let me pull that up here and you can always google map D Dan's house so that way you know where to stay <laughs> <laughs> nothing is sacred any longer my goodness, what color is your Ask shirt? Everybody in town everybody else I'm knows. Located. So, it's pretty easy. Two miles north of town. <laughs> just, go out, just go out to where the old Ford used car dealer lot was. <laughs> what is it that um, Renfro Valley says we're easy to find and hard to forget? Uh -huh. I love that line. I think that is just so sweet. But that's that's what we're looking at. He's easy to find and hard to forget. Are you on the internet there? Yeah, I am. Okay. Type in battleofcordon.com and see what happens. 
Well, I might be able to do that. Okay. She's very talented. I think she can do it. I think she can do it, sir. Yeah, I know. She's got skill. And class and culture. So she can probably Google that puppy up. Do you have your sound up, too? Well, I can. Well, turn it up, um, there. Yes, Battle of Corden, and it's spelled C-O-R-Y-D-O-N. You don't pronounce the Y, but if you don't put it in there, you're not going to get to the site. That's right. Yes, I have my sound. What would you like me okay. to sound with? Well, just, uh, is it coming up there? Oh, well, let me shut off Yesterday USA so we don't get some crossover. And then if I turn on the sound, no, I'm not getting anything. Hmm. Validate your inquiry. Well. Um, it's it's got validate your inquiry and save time by signing in with one of the following social networks. I am not allowed to look at anything because this now covers your entire site. Hmm. I hang on here, let me pull this up here. That's another great American expression. Hang on there. Ah, uh, hold on. Hold, hold on. on. Hold on. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Something to hold on to. Um, the the um, the website address is wrong. <laughs> How come everything doesn't look right? Um, Battle of Corden is not correct. It's not correct. I'm pulling. No. I'm pulling it up here, trying to here. Okay, let's see here. Well, I sure hate to hear about Esther Williams this week. Yeah. 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 But uh, my goodness, she she was with us for a long time and did such unusual work. She, did you, she was beautiful. Yeah. She was talented, and then she, you know, she was a, a competitor. And <gasps> she was going to be in the Olympics in the 1940 game, but the uprising in Europe caused caused the Olympics to be canceled. Was she in other Olympics? No, that was, the, that was the she, only one. She never won a medal? No, she won national titles and things in 30. Oh, and we're gonna, my and, goodness. And she was going to be in the 1940 Olympics, but because of the uh, the Battle yeah. of Europe, that, that, yeah. it, they were going to be in Helsinki, I think. So they canceled the Olympic Games, and so she never went out to win a medal. Wow. Somewhere in my head got stuck this misconception that she had come home with a medal. No. Oh, my goodness. And then, then it was interesting that Billy Rose needed a swimmer to go with John, Johnny Weissmiller because they were having mm -hmm. the World Fair, and she won, she won and got to work with him for a year until... You know, Johnny Weissmiller's story is um, it's intriguing. I was going to look it up to... I was going to look it up this week, and I haven't had time. But I bet it is an interesting story. It really is. And, you know, he had all of the looks of a non-leading man. Mm -hmm. He had all of the looks of a non-actor, you know, unless he was in a gangster role in the background. Right. But he had this fabulous physique from training, and his confidence. he had medals from the Olympics. Yep. And, you know, people loved him, yep. and he just fell into the Tarzan role. And he did a great job. Yep. They they mentioned an interesting thing, and, and I got looking up that um, 
Esther Williams is one of the very few to translate into be a well-known, famous female athlete to be a well-known movie star. And they compared her to the skater, Sonya Henning. The I same was just thing. going to ask, what about Sonya Henning? Yeah, and so they say she would, she's the other one. And so that got me looking up Sonya Henning's career, life and career, and, and she was a three-time gold medal winner mm-hmm. before she started her film career. Equally remarkable. Yep. Okay. I'll tell you what. While, mm-hmm. I, while I was stalling there, I came to the right site here. I always get this confused. It's called CordonBattlePark.com. I knew that. Yes, CordonBattlePark.com. <laughs> I'm judging you. Uh, okay, all right. You sure you have your sound turned up? Yeah, well, it, it is. We, am I going to get blown out? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Hang on to your laptop. Okay, I'm waiting. You're waiting? Is it working? No, not yet. Not yet. No. Is it working for you? It's working for me. Cordon Battle Park. Oh, I've got the web- No, I have the website, but just there's no sound. Hmm, okay. Maybe they disabled the sound. Usually there's cannon blast. Oh, I want to hear the booms. I hear the boom, huh? No, you have to come. You know, you know when those cannons blast off, they usually set the car the uh, car alarms. They do. They do. This will take place near Indian Creek in our little valley there at the park, and you can kind of feel the blast kind of rolling throughout the. Uh, well, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, powerful stuff. Well, I'm disappointed. My sound is not doing anything for me here. Well, I don't know. Usually I, it I goes off. I don't see that there is an on-off option. Yes. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Let's see here. Uh, maybe, maybe you want to come back, go away from the site and come back, and maybe I'll fire a picture with you. I'll just reload it in a second. Hmm. See, mine worked. I'm feeling robbed. And by the way, I have spent time at your site and have read the history accounts and have read the information about the soldiers who have been identified. Uh, Heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking. You know, people tend to, not everyone, of course, but a lot of people tend to see something like this as a happy event, you know, bring a picnic, and really it's a piece of a tragic history that wound up with so much hurt throughout the entire country. And this is a peek at the kind of things that went on to create that hurt. Dan, do do we know how far back the um, commitment started? Did it go back to, you know, 100 years ago? And did the original uh, soldiers of both sides attend some celebrations uh, over the years? What, how far how far back does it go? 
I believe they started having uh, meetings about 25 years after the Civil War. Okay. And kept meeting up through, like, until about 1920. I mean, the, you mean the actual soldiers mm -hmm. who fought in the Civil War? Right. Yeah. The actual soldiers. So they were able to attend until about 1920? Well, that, I mean, by that time, most of them, you know, right. were, were gone. Right. You know, it's kind of like today with the uh, World War II vets, you know, that we actually had a, um, a flight of World War II vets who left Louisville, uh, I think Thursday of this week, and went to the um, to the memorial up in Washington. Fight for Freedom? Yeah. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard about the Fight for Freedom. Um, no. I think it's a non-profit group that identify, you know, living World War II vets, and they will commemorate, or they'll, uh, they will take them, like from Louisville, they will fly them to Washington. Uh, I think this happened on Thursday. Well, yeah, because of D-Day. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then they get back, uh, they leave about, I think about 7 o'clock in the morning by plane. They fly to Washington. They tour the, uh, the memorial up there, the new memorial for right. World War II vets. And then they uh, fly them back uh, that same evening. That's why my goal this year to get a get at least one Pearl Harbor survivor on with Patricia one night. Because um, we have several of them still live here near me. And I spoke mm -hmm. to my line club and I thought that would be... Because we're, we're getting to be very few of those guys who were there that day. Yeah, I heard they, uh, that we're losing on average about 1,000 uh, World War II vets uh, per day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I heard uh, within the last two weeks, I think there's only one person still living who uh, lived during the uh, 19th century. Wow. And that that really shocked me, you know, since uh, I, I my my grandparents, my great grandparents lived, you know, yeah, for such a long time. Of course, they've been going now 30 years. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's amazing. So, any other questions? What did you have in mind? I don't know. Do you have any grand? No. Do, do any do any grandchildren or great grandchildren attend? Do they have some like family reunions or something like that during the time? You know, uh, last year we had a lady from Evansville. Uh, she was the granddaughter of one of the men who fought in the Battle of Corden. Uh -huh. And uh, she herself, uh, I believe she was around 80. In fact, I'll look her, I, I think I still have her email contact there. We ought to have her come up this year. I, that, that, glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I've completely forgotten about her yeah. coming. She came up, we had lunch in a local uh, cafe, and we, uh, she uh, attended the event. That'd be good. So, I've, I have a meeting. Um, I have a uh, county history. Uh, I have a county historians meeting this week in Indianapolis. And uh, while I'm up there, I'm meeting a gentleman who was on the, uh, the 100th uh, uh, 
he was a part of the Civil War Commission during its 100th uh -huh. celebration uh -huh. 50 years ago. And um, he uh, called and wanted me to meet with him. He's going to give me some of his papers. Uh, he's uh, in his 80s living in a nursing home. And, and uh, I'm going to bring them back and add them to our collection of papers here. Wow. So I'm meeting him. And I'm hoping drop by and see my great aunt who's also living in a nursing home in Indianapolis. So uh, got a busy, busy week this week. So yeah, good he's man, Dan. Seven, I think the other gentleman. He's in his early 80s, and um, it's just a for a volunteer job. It's a lot to keep up with there. Yeah. But I'm excited, you know, that we're giving these opportunities for people to learn about the Civil War, you know, something happened 150 years ago. You know, there are still connections with the Civil War, you know, with, uh, yep. so, uh, and, you know, we still have people living in, we still have people in this area who, you know, are related to, uh, you know, the men who fought, you know, on the home guard here. Yeah, in August, we're hosting on the weekend of August, the 22nd and 23rd, we're hosting uh, descendants of uh, John Hart Morgan's Raiders here in town. Wow. How be, many are there? And, uh, huh? How many are there? How many are there? You know, uh, I think in their group, they have about 100 members. So, and uh, they're, a lot of them live here in the Midwest and Mid-South area. Mm-hmm. And we're expecting probably between uh, 60 to 80 of, uh, of the members of Morgan's uh, men. They're, they're called My Morgan's men. Goodness. And we'll, we'll have them here. Uh, we're taking them a tour uh, by motor coach from uh, the crossing at Brandenburg. And uh, on the Indiana side, that's called Morgan's Landing. And uh, that's where they crossed, and we had a little skirmish down at Morgan's Landing. We're uh, looking at making that area a park, actually. And uh, that will be a bicentennial park, but it will also commemorate the Civil War crossing there. And the I have skirmish. a picayune question. Do I know? I have a picayune question. What, sure. differentiate, what differentiates a skirmish from a battle? Uh, skirmish, I think it, uh, my, in my mind, it's fewer men than, you know, um, you know, it's like walking along and someone, you know, uh, uh, you know, gives you a little fight there, you know, it's, uh, a minor yeah, battle. Yeah, kind of get picked on, yeah. Um, you know, but, yeah. but there were so many people who were injured and killed in this particular battle that people call a skirmish. There were so many who didn't come home. Yes. So to my, to, you know, in, in my mind, that creates a battle when somebody doesn't come home. But I really don't know from a historical standpoint what, what the, um, you know, the break line is. I'm, I don't know how to separate it. Yes. Um, the, the, the Battle of Cordon is recognized by the federal government, you know, as a battle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what their uh, criteria 
would be for battle, you know, but we did have, you know, we had, a, you know, we basically had, there's different numbers that are out there for the Battle of Corden. We, I've heard anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 Confederates that came through town. Mm-hmm. And the, the home guards, uh, we probably had about anywhere, we probably had about 400 home guards here who were defending the, the town. Um, on July 8th, basically Morgan came into the uh, Brandenburg area and then they crossed over the Ohio River when they captured two uh, boats, steamboats, and they mm-hmm. moved all their supplies to the Indiana banks. And then they sunk uh, one of the ships, and, uh, you know, they, they were out running. They, they crossed, you know, the river, and, you know, it was a surprise move, and it really, you know, the Union troops were elsewhere. The... Uh, men, you know, who lived in Corden, they were elsewhere fighting. So basically you had old men and teenagers who were here to defend the town. Yeah. So, you know, it was no one, well, I mean, Morgan himself, he was told not to cross or get near, not to cross the Ohio River, not to get near Louisville, Kentucky. But he thought he'd go and have a surprise attack on Indianapolis. He was going to make the headlines. But while he was in town here, after the Battle of Corden, which happened about 11.30 on July 9th, he um, had dinner at the uh, at that Kinder House Inn, and he discovered about the, the Battle of Gettysburg, mm. which happened six days earlier. So he was not pleased. He was not making the headlines like he wanted. Um. How do you organize this? Do you, are you on a committee with the with the city and and the, and uh, how how are you guys able to pull all this off? We are an advisory board of the uh, county parks system. Uh-huh. We have a great county park system here. Uh, Claudia Howard was uh, uh, was involved in getting a lot of this started, and uh, we have seven parks in our county park system and. Actually, the Battle of Corden Park is one of the smaller parks. Now, we're hoping at some point down the line to add on, because basically the whole uh, south ridge of the town is where the Battle of Corden took place. Mm-hmm. And we have just a few acres there on the south hill. Um, we have, you know, basically a, a self-walking tour of the park there. We have a plaques up telling about the Battle of Corden, and I think you've probably seen some of those plaques if you go to the website, mm-hmm. uh, com, and uh, we are looking at putting up some story boxes that will have recorded audio telling about about the battle, and, um, and then uh, three years ago, we uh, moved a uh, cabin to the site. The site was actually just farmland during the Battle of uh, Corden. 1863, but we've put a, an 1860 cabin, and we moved it from the uh, east end of town to the south end of town there, so we, we do have a living history center there now. Wow. Remarkable. So, Just remarkable. We, we, we have, um, we have um, monuments there, and 
you know, just like you, we have a, you know, monuments there that have the story etched in uh, stone and plaques, you know, metal plaques there telling about the battle with maps and everything. We actually have an anchor. We have an anchor from they uh, they transported the troops over across the river on the ship, uh, steamship called the Alice Dean. We actually have the uh, one of the anchors from the Alice Dean there. So it's been oh, a, I'm impressed. A, we'll be up. We'll be up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he keeps laughing. Morgan, he thinks we're kidding. He doesn't know what we're gonna get drop in one of these days. Well, you'd be more than welcome, but I have to work tomorrow. There's always a but. You, you can leave the keys underneath the mat. <laughs> Very good. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. gosh. Oh, gosh. No, no. He's, if, he's if, not getting I mean, excited about this. I know. <laughs> Do I know? You're not getting excited about this. You, you, you don't know my life for the next month. <laughs> I've got it planned out to uh, hours uh, in the day. Hmm. You know. Between you work say so. and well, we between work help. meeting. Huh? We can help. You're going to have all this food left over, uh-huh. and we can help with that. Patricia and I'll be happy to help volunteer. Yeah. Well. I'd be a very good volunteer. Mm-hmm. I'm a hard worker. Do you know how to reload a gun? Well, I've never done it. I have, well, I mean, you're not talking pistols. I don't know how to reload one of them. Yeah. Do you have a hoop skirt? Well, I guess it wouldn't be too difficult to make. I could take a chunk of the car, <laughs> bend a bumper or something. Oh, gosh. I am yeah, we... coming up with an, uh, a schedule of events, and I'll send that to you when I get done. What? I, I'm coming up with a schedule of events of what we're, of, you know, a time yeah. uh, calendar. Yeah. Uh, I'll send that when I'm finished with it. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. Good. Oh, I thought you okay. were plugging me in somewhere. Huh? I thought you were plugging me in as a volunteer somewhere. Well, I don't know. What, what, what do you want to do? Well, it's not so much what do I want to do, it's what can I do. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> yeah, what, well, what, what, what can I do? What can you do? Yeah. You can be, you can be in charge of the horse horse trough, keeping it filled. I can do that. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We have do all I kinds want to? Of nice little jobs. Do I want oh. to? I don't think so. But that's okay. I'll take care of it. That's um, right. Well, it sure sounds like you've got your hands full. You can you can be in charge of registration. You can sign people up, take their. Uh, Registration fee and and hand them a trash bag and say. Oh, I'm good no, at uh, taking money. <laughs> huh? I'm good at taking <laughs> money. This is okay. Oh gosh, I like to tell people it's like you know hosting Woodstock for a three-day period. Mm-hmm. Were you at Woodstock? I was not at Woodstock. No. I don't think you can claim something like that until you've been there. 
Well, you know, you have all these people coming in. They're living in tents. You know, we, we have to have food and water for the horses. We uh, have to have wood for them, you know, to cook out. A lot of people, you know, even though we provide food, they still will cook out in campfires, you know, and set up their tents out there in the park. Smart people. Smart people, yes. Smart people. They don't sleep on the ground. That's right. There are some of those tents that get quite uh, modern, if you know what I mean. They get quite what? Modern. 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 Oh, really? Yes. You know, they'll have nice little beds in there. I mean, there are different types of pots. Yeah, I think that's cheating. Well, you know, there are are people who want to live as they lived back in 1863, and there are people who do not want to live as they did back in 1863. It's kind of like the people who come in and tell you how to run a battle. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, we, we, I'm not, uh, I am it, not it, a duplic- I am not a duplicitous person. I will not sleep on the ground. You will not sleep on the ground. I, I will not sleep on the ground. Now, that's that's pretty upfront and straightforward. Yes, that's right. See? Have you heard of a rope bed? Oh, sure. Okay, I didn't know if you had or not. Of course, I are smarter than people think. <laughs> okay, now, does Walden know what a rope bed is? I do not. Okay, Patricia, explain to Walden what a rope bed is. Well, a rope bed. Instead of a box spring or springs underneath, it's a crisscross of rope that the sleeping mattress of sorts gets set on. But the, there are pegs. The, the rope is wrapped around pegs that can be twisted so that the, that the um, ropes get tight. And it's where the expression sleep tight came from. How's uh-huh. that? Did I do good? I think you did quite well. It's not quite a sleep number bed, is it? No, it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. But I want you to be proud that I knew. I, yeah. you know, I... I slept on cots, I slept on the uh, pads, I slept on, you know, my fair share of the uh, air mattresses out there, the old camping-wise over the years. When there was a perfectly good bed available to you, I don't get it. We Boy Scouts like to do stuff like that. <sighs> a guy thing, huh? Uh-huh. It's definitely uh, a guy uh, thing. Oh, dear. Uh, oh dear. Well, I'm I glad see, it's a guy thing because the then you clock, won't expect. I see it by the clock on the wall at six o'clock in the morning, so we probably ought to hang up this thing. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's the leader? I'm sorry. I got the sillies. <laughs> well, Patricia's yeah, only been I'm up. Behaving now. Patricia only been up 24 hours, so she's doing good. I heard that. I heard that briefly. I, yeah. I came home, I mowed my yard, I came in, turned on the station, and I heard the dulcet tones of Patricia and fell quickly asleep. Yeah. There we go. I do it every week, don't I? Uh, yes, and I was so mad at myself. But what is wrong with this picture? What am I not doing correctly? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody else calls and says I put them to sleep. 
That's right. I don't think. Yep. Yeah, first thing out of the gate, I think. Pretty, pretty close to the top. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. So. Chad, number one. So. Did you avoid the fires in uh, California? Uh-huh. Haven't had okay. it. It was way far away from all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, no, we're, we're, we're good. Did we are Trisha good. Did you avoid the, uh, the tropical storm? No, she sort didn't. Of. Sort of. Did you get some rain? Yeah, I drove through it today. Are um, you we in had, Miami? We had a fair amount. I mean, it wasn't huge, but I did not realize that um, over on the East Coast, they had something like 15 inches yesterday. <laughs> wow. You know, they could put a damper on your, on your plans. What? I said that could really put a damper on your plans. Oh, yes, it could. Are you in it Miami? Did. She was there. No, she, okay. she, yeah, she had a job assignment in Miami, so. Oh, boy. I ran away from home. Did you really? I did. Patricia, yeah, I thought cool. we raised you better than that, not to run away from home like that, you yeah. know? You know, I thought it was pretty cool myself. <laughs> Are you like me when you walk away from home? You don't have any animals waiting for you to get back home? No critters. No critters. Yeah. I need a critter. Well, I'm sure you can find an alligator down there. <laughs> I, I better define critter. <laughs> well, then, I, I need I, to define critter. I think a, I think an alligator might eat Patricia out of house and home. That would be the problem with the downside. It's the home See. part that disturbs me. <laughs> I have to be a little bit more cautious about that. She needs a smaller critter. A smaller Sports. critter. Yeah. A smaller critter. Hmm. Smaller critter. Small. You know. Like a kitten. A kitty would be okay. A kitty would be okay. okay. A kitty would be fine. I'm sure there's plenty of kitties down there. Um, you're breaking up a little bit on me. Would you say that again? I said I'm sure there's plenty of kitties down there. Oh, lots of kitties. Everybody has kitties. Yes, that's right. But, you know, you have to be judicious. You have to go shopping for a kitty. You do. You do have, sure. have to be. Sure. I mean, you just can't stop by and pick them up like a loaf of bread. Oh, I don't know. Most of my good pets as a kid were uh, strays that just wa- wandered in, you know, onto the farm. Oh, that's fine. They picked you. So that's good. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't stroll by and say, I'll take one and go home. You kind of have yeah. to test it out. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get on with your day. Okay. And you have yourself a wonderful week. I will. Okay. And thanks for calling us, Dan. I, sure. Yep. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Dan. You Bye-bye. Too. Oh, okay, talk to you later. You Thanks. Bet. Bye-bye. That was fun. Yeah. Such an, a really wonderful piece of history. And I hope they get a good turnout this year. You bet. There's so much work, and all of it is to preserve part of 
us. Hello Who's there. there. You're on you. Hello. Hello there, Jerry. How are you? Hey, well, how you doing? I'm fine. What are you doing up at the south? Oh, you're on the upside. Yeah, he's the over there, Melon. You know. <laughs> the, 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 he's the, already had his morning coffee. Yeah, he done it over there. Yeah, surprise! You still on this one? So are we. <laughs> People want to quit. Just quit. Won't. Yeah, won't quit calling you, right? Ah, oh, that's okay. We are loved. I love Weldon. Weldon loves me, yeah. and. And everybody, Jerry, that's your cue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually uh, turned turned your station on last night, but uh, I couldn't stay awake, so I. <laughs> <laughs> so, so instead, you got up this morning. Right. We're the only like show. We're we're the only show where people go to bed with us and they wake up with us. All one. I know, I know. One one makes the hot too. milk that's for you, going to what? bed, and the other makes the coffee for getting up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I heard you talk about people putting about you putting people to sleep. I just thought I'd let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. Not a one about yeah. Yeah, we need to hear that once in a while. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> So what's happening with you? This is Jerry in Maryland. I've got all of this great Maryland information, and I keep going to bed without talking about it. So I'm still dragging it behind me. I know. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make a point during next week to divide those up with John and Jerry on Maryland contingents to uh, feed them some Maryland questions, see what they know. Yeah. Oh, that way. Oh, great. I think oh, I think that's what we should load them up Super with. Super idea. Oh, that'll kind of be embarrassing. <laughs> super, even more super, super idea. I'll have to quit calling then, I guess. So you, you're not hanging up on us, are you? Oh, no. No, because I, I really do have a lot of Maryland information. Let me see what I've got here. <laughs> right. Well, it's not in the question form. Just share it. <laughs> oh. Well, that was the original plan until Walden just jumped in. Let's see. Okay. Well, we know about the Naval Academy. Um, I understand that the Naval Academy is really starting to grow. My uncle, who who's a big went to the Naval Academy, um, going back to the fifty high uh, college reunion, they really grown over the years. It's quite quite something. Okay, the National Aquarium. Where is it located? Well, there's an aquarium in the in in Baltimore. I don't know if that's what you mean or not. That's very good. Yes, in Baltimore's Inner Harbor. Now, would you would you pronounce B A L T I M O R E for me, please? Say that again. Pronounce the word. B A L T I M O R E. Well, it depends if, on what part of the state you're from. If you're from yeah. from down down around Baltimore, it's, it's pronounced Baltimore. Uh, yeah. And then how do you pronounce it? Baltimore. You have the T in it. Okay. Yeah, we, we say all the consonants. And there are only those two ways of pronouncing it. I think so. Was the only two. I, it just blew me away when somebody told me I was mispronouncing Baltimore one time because it was Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> it's actually Baltimore. It doesn't even have the eye. What the heck is Baltimore? <laughs> <laughs> now 
I know, but... Um, was Baltimore named after somebody famous? Morgan, like, Morgan like, Baltimore, yeah. And who was he, an English, an, an English, an English somebody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was an English somebody. Let me see who Lord Baltimore was. <laughs> I only know half... I, you know, you asked me enough of the question, and then I sound smart. But then you ask more, like, who was he? Uh-huh, well... You, you it's, like, it's like, it's like, who lives in Daisy Hill Puppy Farm, right? Yeah, who? Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Lord Baltimore. Oh, well, that one's no good. Got to have writing before it's any good. Um, Wikipedia. Let's see this one. Okay. The biography of... Lord Baltimore. History should be good. Sir George Calvert, Lord Baltimore. Sir Cecil Calvert, the second Lord Baltimore. Okay, let's see. Nationality in bad. This is 1675. Sir George and his son Cecil were British subjects rewarded with land in the New World. Well, that's how they got it. How about that? George was the Secretary of State to King James I. He was the Bible person. Uh -huh. uh, he, was the, he was first rewarded with a title to land in Newfoundland. He later asked James I's son, Charles I, for title to land north of Virginia, and that would become Maryland. However, this, oh, this is interesting. The land was not signed over until after his death and was given to his son, Cecil. How about that? Yeah, it's Cecil, I believe. Oh, he pronounces it. He pronounced it Cecil, huh? like Cecil the sea six sea serpent. Right. At least uh, modern day they do. I don't know how they did back then. That that was real, Walden. I know. That's why I was laughing. I was thinking that what a character in Sam Freeberg uh, TV show, Time for Beanie. Cecil the sea. Oh, did he do that? That was yeah. That was a character in there. He's forgiven. Yes. Cecil was a very nice sea dragon, or sea, sea serpent. Sea yeah, serpent. he was a sea uh -huh. serpent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beanie and Cecil. Is anybody there? Uh-huh. I'm just going <laughs> to throw a trivia question on that. You know, okay. who, who, who's favorite, who was uh, Beanie and Cecil's favorite TV show? What? Oh, I don't know. I'll say Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. You know? Famous, famous brain. Famous brain? A famous and brain. He, he, he always stops his scientific meetings to go watch. It's time for Beanie. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was the other way around. No. Oh, no. I thought you were asking me who Beanie and Cecil. No. <laughs> I was... could look. Okay. Oh, wait. Beanie and Cecil. He stopped his scientific brain. I mean, yeah. He said he always had his excuse. It's time for time for Beanie, and he got up and left. I don't know. Who would have done that? Anybody anybody worth his salt would have done it. Mm -hmm. Who did it? Albert Einstein. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> I mean, that's really nice. He let that's his brain true. out to play. Yeah. Oh, I never would have guessed that. 
Okay, well, now, uh, see, I've got more more stuff here. Mm -mm. Well, let me see. We know that. Okay. Maryland is a prominent producer and processor of seafood. What are the two seafood-type thingies that they are a national leader in? How does that sound? <laughs> I are a writer. Do what? I are a writer. <laughs> I'm just going to tell what, you. What, what two famous seafood uh, are Maryland known for? Well, Baltimore is called the Big Crab. Okay. And the other one? Yeah, the Blue Claw Crab. Uh, I would say the oysters. Oysters. It clams, soft, soft shell cram, clams. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, I was, I was, I was said oysters, but uh, yeah, clams are somewhere. They, uh, they used to have the old uh, sailing sailing boats that they dredge clams with, mm -hmm. and oysters. Uh -huh. And uh, they still have a few of them uh, that are working. And, uh, you know, dredging clams is not an easy job. Yeah, you're digging out in the mud, digging these things up. It's not like you can go out with a steam shovel. No, actually, they do. They they just dredge the bottom with a with a bucket. Are you serious? Yeah. And they kick up all of that muck. Yeah, they pick it up and then it's screened, and uh, uh, they just drag it through the water, and it just kind of flushes out, and then uh, anything larger than a clam stays in. So what happens to the water quality when all of this muck is floating around in it? Well, they just stir, stir it up some, you know, and then, uh, you know, it settles back out pretty quick. Hmm. I think I have to come and look personally. Yeah, I can maybe find some, some pictures of that and send it to you. Oh, no, I have to come personally. You can make up my bed. I'll let you know when. <laughs> all right. Is it, uh, Oh, the floor, metal the floor, okay? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I am very easy to please. Just okay. don't wake me up. You don't sleep on the ground. <laughs> no, I don't sleep on the ground. No, the floor is fine. Yeah. I don't I don't sleep on rocks. Yeah, actually, I agree with you on that. I I, uh, I, I actually sometimes prefer the, prefer the floor because I don't like a soft, springy bed. Yeah. It's easier on my back, but uh, so I, I would actually a lot of times I would I would pillow on the, on the floor. I can sleep better there, but... Uh, the well, if you're on the floor, I'm not going to sleep there. The ground doesn't work too good. <laughs> no, the ground does not work too well. Okay, <clears throat> now we have a whole lot of major league ball players besides Babe Ruth born in Maryland. Name some. Name three. I couldn't tell you. Not born here. I mean, Cal Ripken is one of the more famous ones that played. There you go. There's See? One. I don't. I don't do sports things. So. Well, then who's Billy Ripken? His brother. His brother. That's his, that's his brother. Yeah, my my neighbor and, painted Cal Ripken's boat a couple of few years ago. So. Ah. I remember that. So, what position did Billy Ripken play? Second base. And did the two of them ever play against each other? They played with each other. They were part of the double team. Double play You're combination. You're kidding, no. another brother team? Yeah. So Cal was pitcher. Cal was shortstop. Cal was the shortstop. Short brother was second base. And for a while, dad was the manager. 
Now, you talk about a family affair. Correct. Bowser's. Okay, yeah. so you've got the two Ripkins. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Unitas was a pretty famous uh, yeah, quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. That's right. Johnny Unitas. Uh-huh. That's okay, but I, I don't think he was... I don't think he was baseball. <laughs> I thought you said Rob. I know that. I know that for sure. You, have you ever heard of Johnny Unitas, Patricia? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. That- sure. He was He was even before Terry Bradshaw. Oh, I guess around the same oh, time. Yeah, a little, a little before. He, he retired yeah. in 75. Yeah, he, uh, what else would you like to know? Ha! That, that was back when the Colts were actually in Baltimore. That's true. <laughs> that true, before they moved to Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay, who was Frank Home Run Baker? He was the first one. He had. He was the. He was the one. They call him Home Run Baker because in the early in the early days he got the miracle. He got baseball with 13 home runs one year, and they <laughs> they dubbed him Home Run Baker. I wonder why. Yeah. Okay, Harold Baines. Harold Baines played for the White Sox. He was a designated hitter. Sounds like a criminal, Harold Baines. Mm-hmm. Al Kaline. Al Kaline, famous Hall of Fame right fielder for the Detroit Tigers. Denny Nagel. Denny Nagel with a left-handed pitcher for Pittsburgh. Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox, double X. He was the... Uh, the, the great home run hitter for the Philadelphia A's and Boston Red Sox. He played first base, third base, left, right, and catcher. Jerry, you now know your baseball players. At least I heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. Did you get an envelope this week? Uh, I don't believe we've been to the post office this last few days. You, <laughs> we don't have very good post office experiences this week. It's okay if you wait until next week. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't go, go to town every day. And uh, we'll need you to keep an eye out for something, though. Oh. Uh, the, ba- the baby's uh, dad, dad are on vacation this week. Uh-huh. The little guy we, we take care of. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's down there in the, your, your, your neck of the woods. Oh, oh no kidding. Probably within so, 10 or 15 miles of you. <laughs> where is he? Uh, I forget the town. It's, it's the Tampa area. Well, that's a lot more than 10 or 15 miles. Um, that's about 150 miles from here. Okay. So I can't walk it. No, no. Not not within a reasonable amount of time to What's get to say hi anyway. So Walden's, Walden's uncle is up in that neck of the woods. That's right. My uncle, my uncle Jim lives in Tampa. The, the retired Fort Dodge general. A lot of military people live in Tampa, I think. Yeah, they do. Well, we've got McDill Air Force Base up there. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a military destination. Yep. So, yes, sir. And, of course, Florida is a magnet anyway. That's true. Uh, all right. Let me see what else you're supposed to know here. Aha. Sailing capital of the world. What part of Maryland is known as the sailing capital of the world? Annapolis. Very good. Oh, right. Really well. What's the Chesapeake? Um, what's the Chesapeake Bay? Is that near Annapolis or that near yeah. Bal- oh, That's near Annapolis. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the Maryland has very little ocean frontage. The Chesapeake Bay comes all the way up. You know, it's like 300 miles long. Starts uh, wow. down around Norfolk comes all the way up uh, 
runs into the C&D Canal, which joins into the Delaware River and goes right up into Philadelphia. Wow. That's pretty big. Didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Chesapeake Bay is a pretty mm -hmm. big estuary. Uh, you know, it's been, been, uh, was killed, pretty much killed over the years, but it's getting cleaned up again now. I sure where we won the American Revolutionary War in the Chesapeake Bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a really interesting chunk of history here. Okay. Garrett Park. Do you know where the town of Garrett Park is? Not offhand. Okay. Well, I don't know either. Um, it was declared the first nuclear-free zone in the United States in 1982 thus affirming the tradition of peacefulness that began back in 1898 when it became illegal to harm a tree or songbird within the town limits. Now, how a tree translates to nuclear-free zone, I don't know, but that is what it says. You're going to die if you hurt a tree. <laughs> right. Uh, Even worse if you, hear, if you hurt a songbird. All right, now Mount Airy. Do you know Mount Airy? Yeah. Is that a town or is that a town or a mountain or a community? What is it? It's a town. A town. All right. Well, this doesn't make any sense. It says Mount Airy is unique because two counties, Carroll and Frederick, divide it. Two counties divide the town. Oh. There are not a lot of towns that are in two counties. There is? Oh, yeah. I never knew that well, was possible. It, it caused, yeah, well, it does cause some problems. Yeah. Because people on, I mean, there, there are neighborhoods that are divided. Kids on one side of the street go to one school, and kids on the other side of the street go to another school. Right. People on one side of the street pay taxes in different measures to a different county than their neighbors across the street. It really is a dreadful situation to have to contend with. But it's not unique. I'm sorry. Um, and that looks, that looks pretty much like all the stuff I could ask you about. Yeah. Blue crab, blue crabs. Um, I like clams. I like baked clams. So we could have that on the menu. Sure. Sure. He's so easy, Walden. I know. I know. Start making out your list. I know. Yeah. We had we had shark for dinner the other night. Oh, what does it taste like? Oh, Which is a stupid question. Everybody's going to say it tastes like chicken. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> It tastes like chicken. Everything, Everything tastes, tastes like, chicken. like chicken. Frog legs at three hundred and forty-seven dollars for a half ounce. <laughs> tastes like chicken. Why don't we just go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and forget the frog legs? You know, <laughs> I don't get it. So really, what does shark taste like? Chicken. Yeah, tastes like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> this was the uh, mako shark. Oh, where did, did you catch it? Did a friend catch it? Who caught it? Where is it? Yeah, friend caught it. Big one? Not real big. Uh, 
I guess when it comes to shark, the word big is relative. Um, anything over seven and a half inches. You mean diameter? They, no, long. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I, I believe the uh, limit is 60 inches. You know, it's minimum size for a uh, uh, tooth shark right now. And, uh, uh-huh. This was an inch over the inch or two over the over the minimum size, so not not a big one. So five feet is big enough. That's a big fish with a lot of teeth. And, yeah, but they but they are they are good. You know. uh, probably, I'll take uh, the word for it. I'll have the clams. And uh, about the only fish I like better than that is uh, uh, swordfish. Oh, I like swordfish. Except it breaks my heart to think they had to kill a fish to do that. I mean, swordfish are very beautiful. They are yeah. just beautiful creatures. Especially on the table. <laughs> they taste like chicken, huh? <laughs> W.C. Field said he loves children. They yeah. taste just like chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he likes children, and then he said... Fried. <laughs> he was incorrigible, yeah. just incorrigible. So, are you in the market for a question tonight? Of course, you are. Oh, you can try me. I won't say I can answer. The sun also rises. How's that, Walden? That's a good. That's a good title of a book. You think? I think you should use it. All right. When Patricia writes the best American novel. Sure. Yeah. I can go for that. Okay, what was the Carlton Hotel? What show did the Carlton Hotel oh, appear in? Oh, that's uh, WKRP. What show? WKRP in Cincinnati. That's a television show. <laughs> is, let me redefine this. This is Walden and Patricia on an old-time radio show. <laughs> Well, that now, show was an old, that was an old-time radio show on TV. Well, that's true, but we're not talking right. Uh-huh. Uh, this is an old-time radio. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. You were, you were pulling my leg? What's that? You you were pulling my leg. <laughs> I don't know. Now, don't that's know an expression we need to know about. Yeah. Okay. Carlton Hotel. Who lived there? I don't know. Ah, you will throw yourself on the floor when you hear. It was in San Francisco. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm drawing a black kind of heat. Uh, hey, uh, hey, boy, you go, hey, boy, yeah, look there. Yeah, hey, boy, and, uh, Missy Wan. Uh, have a gun, we'll travel. Very good. Very good. <laughs> you know, those... The ones that come out a teaspoonful at a time are painful. They really hurt. But you did it. You did it. Okay. Um, so that means, because I'm putting together new envelopes, we are on another round. What would you like? We've got lots of good stuff this week. What would I like? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I'm going to put down IOU, and I will put something in your envelope that you and or Elizabeth will love. 
You can't go wrong. All right, sounds good. If you don't like it, you can return it and I'll replace it. We are a reputable company here. All right, sounds easy enough. <laughs> it is. It is. We were talking about lifetime guarantees before. We don't know the lifetime of what. I've got a toaster. I said I'm probably the only person on the face of the earth who bought a toaster for $6.99 on sale and and saved the warranty, the lifetime warranty. <laughs> yeah, when you go to when you go to collect on it, it costs mm -hmm. you twenty dollars to ship it back. I don't know. It's, I I think it says just bring it back to the store. Otherwise, it wouldn't. I mean, postage alone, my goodness. But you know, the, the, I've, I've had a few like that where there was had, had a warranty, but the the call the shipping and handling to have the warranty service was more than. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, but the the one thing that I did not do, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have to train myself on this. You know the, the the funny paper that you get out of a cash register. You know it's almost a waxy type texture to it. Mm -hmm. right. If you leave it out for just a couple of days, it will fade. Uh oh. Yeah. So you have to copy it. You know, actually make a, a paper copy of it so they go go through a copier, or else when you go back to the store, you don't have a receipt. Oh, that's a pretty good racket. Isn't it? That's a good racket. So I don't think I was smart enough to do that. If it were, if I were smart enough to do that, it will be attached to the warranty, which is, drum roll, where is my warranty, Walden? In Patricia's oven. In the oven. We are very organized here. I can't find my books, but I know that my warranties are in the oven. She <laughs> whiz. Um, well, Jerry, it is so good to hear from you, and thank you for the coffee. It was really nice oh. of you to bring coffee for us. Yeah, black, right? Black. You got it. Yeah. Thank you. That's the only way. That's the only way. Don't mess it up with sugar. Don't mess it up with... So if I want cream in it, I'll have iced coffee. Right. Yeah. See, I, I know how to live. And if it's okay with you, I'll take the, the clams instead of the shark. Clams don't taste like chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a rip uh, Thanksgiving conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have a little trouble hearing you right now. So. You are. Oh, uh, you know, and, and I think so, Walden. Um, that I'm I'm low because I wasn't getting any response from people along the way. Okay, well, um, you know, and I can turn things up for people. And I walk over here, and I can turn this one over there. So that should do it. So. Jerry, do we sound louder? Yeah. Is that any better? Yeah, quite a bit louder. All right. See. See, I know how to play with the control. Should have asked you to do that sooner. Yeah, I'm more concerned well, Jerry, about your. Have... I'm more concerned about your ears because. You oh know. my, my poor baby ears, yeah. Well, I hope we're doing better for you. Oh, you are. Well, you see, are. I, I didn't even the... have to hold it away from my ear tonight. So of course, I can't the... hear anything anymore. Jerry, <laughs> 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 we've been such a pickle because the. Uh, the sound out of the board can be so deafening that it 
actually really is deafening sometimes. So poor Walden, we've been over there like he's running a spaceship. Well, I got better control, so I think I can make it more livable for you, though, can I? Yes, you can. Okay. Yes, you can. And we are just about ready to wind up, and I am about ready to fall down. You are the right, remarkable trooper. All right. Well, you have yourself a wonderful week, and say hi to Elizabeth for us. All right. Okay, thanks, Jerry. Good night, Bye-bye. Jerry. All right, you all have a good day. You too. You know, when people say have a good day, they really mean it. It's daylight out there. <laughs> they it don't, is. They don't know us. Now you're going to tell me, well, it's only 3.40 out here. Uh-huh, it's only 3.40. I'm glad I took a nap until 12.30 this afternoon. You know, you really know how to rub it in, don't you? What are friends for? That's true. Yeah. I'm, I could not be treated this way by any other <laughs> friend. You are so right. Yep. Okay, are we about ready to... Um, to say goodnight, Uh-huh. I'm calling the station, so you can you can start doing your wrap-up. I can start doing my wrap-up. Okay. We get to say goodnight, but it's really good morning, because no matter where you're listening from, it has reached morning. We will be back next week. In the meantime, in the meantime, Walden has a show tomorrow. Uh-huh. Lots of good things lined up. We're going to feature Jack. Have... Uh, uh, Jim Cox, the author. Oh, great. That should be fun. And uh, we'll feature Martin Graham's writer if we have time a some John Dunning interviews. So it depends on people's schedule. Lots of good stuff. You Lots bet. of good stuff. So you ready to say good night? I'm ready to say good night. Say good night, Patricia. Good night, Patricia. Good night, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you next week. We love you all very, very much. And here we go. Bye, Walden. Bye, Patricia. Please stand by. Here we go. Get it, dear. Joe, why don't I just call you back in a few? Yeah, we'll do that. JAWS for Windows is ready. Welcome to Skype. Press insert plus H for a list of JAWS hotkeys that can be used within Skype. Alt F4, SoundForge Pro 10.0, Escape, Escape, Data Window. Menu, File Menu, New Dot 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 Control plus N. A. Leaving menus. Save as dialog. Edit. S A T U R A Y N I G H T S H O double six dash eight dash one three double I T H P A T R I C I A. Save as type. Save button. Enter. Edit. SoundForge Pro 10.0 dialog. An error occurred while saving one or more files. The file being rendered has exceeded the maximum size allowed for the selected format. OK button. Enter data window. One colon one million five, one colon seven hundred eighty, one colon one million five, one colon one million five hundred sixty six thousand four hundred sixty.